0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode 89 of the Canberra Football Show. Joining me, as always, is Michael Georgeski. And we do have Jeremy McGann back for MPLW in the next segment. Michael, how's it going today? And uh, big match for the Matildas, uh, well, tonight as we're recording. Uh, by tomorrow, everyone will know what the result is. Let's hope uh, the girls can get the win, but it's going to be tough. Certainly is going to be tough, especially what they put
1: forward in their last game, which obviously was a shock result to everyone. And it's put them in a position now where, you know, they they pretty much have to go in with the mindset of winning the game in order to go through. So it's going to be a very interesting and compelling game to say the least. There's a lot on the line and obviously the pressure of, you know, this being your last group game, the potential to go through to the knockout phase in your home country. So, I mean, there's a lot of factors going into it for the Batildas, but hopefully they can, Pull it off, and they can keep their World Cup dream alive here in Australia. And aside from that, some great footballing action over the weekend as well, Matt, across the three leagues. And first things first, we'll kick it off with MPL action where we start with Canberra Olympic 1, O'Connor Knights 2, Matt. So Popovich on the score sheet for the hosts Olympic on this occasion. And for O'Connor, it was Ihegi and Kresic in the second half. So O'Connor Knights, yet again, Matt, they had displayed their fine form this season in yet another match. They get another three points. And at this expense, it was at the hands of Olympic suffering defeat. So like I said, Popovich gave Olympic uh, the lead in the 27th minute to score his 10th goal, Matt, of the season. So he's actually having a very good individual Campaign And here's a big reason why Olympic are where they are in the league standings. And it also puts him equal third in the competition for top goal scorer. So again, it just further highlights how good of a season he is having up front for Olympic. But obviously there's two halves of football, Matt. Even though O'Connor went behind 1-0 and that was the score at the break. They came out in the second half and showed great fight back. Uh, and they leveled the score to make it 1-1 just five minutes after the restart through Ihegi with a nice left-footed curl. I believe that was his eighth goal of the season. So another player that is sort of thriving in the forward areas for their club this season. He's having a very good season for O'Connor Knights, and they kept the pressure up immediately, Matt, and three minutes later it was 2-1, to O'Connor, So having been 1-0 down at the break, in the space of eight second half minutes, they managed to turn the game around in their favour and make it 2-1. And it was a deflected effort from presage from outside the box. I think it hit Lusser Ulrich uh, as it deflected past the goalkeeper and into the back of the net to make it 2-1. And that would ultimately prove to be enough to seal the three points for the O'Connor Knights in this game, and it means that they maintain their status as league leaders by four points on 36 points, Matt, while Olympic remain in third position on the table. So not all doom and gloom for Olympics, certainly. They still stay in the top four. It's still been a really, really good season. We mentioned a few weeks ago the sort of dry patch that they had sort of endured and results were a little bit hard to come by, but their performances are starting to turn around and they were had certainly put in a good performance in this game. It just ultimately wasn't enough as, you know, when you run into a side like the O'Connor Knights who are just so high on confidence at the moment with the football that they're playing and it was always going to be a, a tough ask when you run into a team like that. But as I mentioned before we move on to the next match, Matt, Still a really good performance from Canberra Olympic and they're still third in the table. So finals football still very well looking like that's going to happen for them this season with the season closing down to its end for finals. Matt, our next match, uh, tight contest this one as well, but the hosts came out victorious.
0: Yeah, and Tigers, uh, it was definitely a victory that they needed in this one, and they got that victory to um, keep level with the other teams, as we'll mention a bit at the end. But to kick this one off, Tigers were very close to opening the scoring three minutes into the contest um, as Riley Angelo Sante. Uh, ran on the end of the ball and forced a save from Nick Tolesky, who pushed it wide and hit the post. Three minutes later, Tigers did get themselves on the score sheet, thanks to Sam Wittier, who who, uh, put in a really nice header from a literally a perfect uh, cross from the corner, dipped for him, and he headed it home. Tigers scored their second only five minutes later from the penalty spot. Nick Tolesky was the one to convert that chance to give his side a 2-0 lead. The challenge that led to that, um, led to that penalty was, I believe it was Babin Poydal, essentially pushed and shoved, slash shoved um Sam Whittier in the box to call for that penalty. Despite the lightning star from Tigers, Wanderers were determined to fight back uh and half the deficit in the 34th minute. A nice passage of play led to Harry Truman delivering a great ball over the top for Patrick Shaw, who neatly sort of uh, dinked the keeper for the finish. Really nice goal here. Wanderers were agonizingly close to securing the first points of the season as uh, the captain, Doug, I'm just going to say W because I'm not going to, I'll butcher that last name, uh, saw his effort on goal, beat Jacob Cole, however, hit the far post and then ricocheted and hit the other post. So at this point, Wanderers in that sort of mini sort of, you know, half-second moment thought they'd scored a winner deep in the uh, Not a winner, sorry, a, like a deep, equalized deep into injury time. However, it was not meant to be. Despite that effort and chances, Wanderers are still without their first points of the campaign and remain eight points behind Tuggies in 7th, and the clock is ticking for them to make up points. A crucial victory for Tigers, though, as they secure their first win after two straight losses. It also keeps them ahead of Olympic by three points in second place. So as I mentioned at the top of the table, you can see why this was a crucial victory for the Tigers. They still trail O'Connor, though, by four points. So, Michael, next up is another team that got a victory that they needed as they, they're they trying to keep pace with the top four and trying to get themselves in that.
1: Yeah, that's right, Matt. And that was Canberra Croatia, a 4-1 victory away from home against Tuggerdong United. So his slot was on the score sheet for the home team. Dominici with a double, Greco and Waraga on the score sheet for the away side in this contest. It was a very good start to this game for Canberra Croatia as Dominici scored a 21-minute double to put Canberra Croatia in a, in a good stead. Uh, to open this match, Matt, as his two goals in the opening 21 minutes gave Camper Croatia a really good lead at the interval. Tuggernaut United, though, you know, they started the second half in the worst possible way, conceding a third goal pretty much straight away after the restart. Greco scored a nice header across goal after some great individual work by Barrach to create the chance on that occasion. You know, Toganong managed to get a goal back through uh, his after a bullet of a finish at the near post, but it would be Croatia that capped off a good performance and scored the last goal of the game and their fourth in the contest through Waraga. After he did well, Matt, to close the keeper down, which led to the ball sort of ricocheting, and he managed to collect the ball, drive towards the box, and finish pretty confidently to score the fourth goal of the game and confirm a relatively cruisy three points for Canberra, Croatia. So in this instance, they still remain sixth on the table, but they're only two points off Monaro. Uh, But they have played one more game than them, Matt. So it's going to really come down to the wire between particularly those two teams to see who can sort of claim that last spot, if you will. I mean, teams can still sort of drop out, Uh, at at this stage, given how close the the competition is at the moment, particularly around the top four. So Canberra Crocher is certainly right there in the mix, and we'll see sort of what happens and what develops over the next few weeks to see if they can creep in there. But Togernong, they remain seventh on the table on eight points, Matt. So as you briefly mentioned, West Canberra Wanderers are still root at the bottom of the table without any points so Petrogonal United they just have to hang on that little bit more to the point where it'll be confirmed that they will avoid relegation and stay in MPL football for next season Matt do you want to get into our last game of MPL action which actually had started but then due to sort of really bizarre sort of circumstances one that no one could have really predicted. I know it's happened in the past uh, at the stadium, but certainly what we weren't expecting uh, at Riverside Stadium.
0: Well, no, that's right. So, if, you've ju- if you're have if you only just watching it, like, if you didn't see that match last year, it was a midweek match, I believe. Russ and I were doing that one. I think it was in 2021. The uh, lights went out, but that was only in the last, like, three minutes of the game. But it literally went out on the season because that was, like, the day I think before. It was, like, on a Wednesday. And... The Thursday there they announced the second lockdown in the ACT slash New South Wales as well. So it, little did we know it was literally putting a light. Uh, you know the lights went off at the end of the season because uh, that would end it in the end. So it has happened at Riverside before, but it hasn't happened in a couple of years. So the lights went out half time for this one. So it will be interesting to see whether they have to because they didn't play. Uh, it didn't play the whole three quarters. I think it's like three quarters or two thirds of the match need to be played. And then I think they can deem it just to play that, that remain 30 minutes or whatever. So he didn't play that. So it'll be interesting to see whether they have to replay the whole match or whether since it's nil, nil, they only have to play the second half. Uh, But they'll have to, uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. And when they play that, obviously that will need to be a midweek catch up, but Regardless, uh, the first half was played and the best chance of that first half came to as Jordan Thurtell saved uh, say Sam Haptomerian's shot and the loose ball fell to Misko Naomoski who uh, hit the ball wide from four yards. So as we mentioned on the first half in that one, the either the remaining 45 minutes or the whole match will be replayed at some point. As that will be, that could be, you know, it it already is a crucial match for the top four, but it could even be more crucial depending if they play that sort of near the end of the season. All right, Michael, what are our fixtures for this weekend in round 17? And just before that on the Friday night, there is another big round of 32 Australia cup match that Campbell Croucher will be playing.
1: Yeah. So Matt, Australian Cup, round of 32 fixture. It'll be Mount Druitt Town Rangers against Canberra, Croatia, Friday night, August 4th, 7.30 p.m. at Popondetta Park. So Canberra, Croatia on the road in this round of 32 fixture. What a great opportunity for them to stake their claim in this cup competition and see how far they can go. Matt, we talk about sort of every year when the Canberra representative side reaches this stage of the Australian Cup, as it's called now, and the FFA Cup, what it was named and labelled previously, to see how far they can go and get on a bit of a run. So hopefully that can be the case for Canberra-Croatia. So best of luck to Canberra-Croatia in this match upcoming and hopefully they do really well. We obviously hope they get the win on behalf of Canberra. So we'll wait and see how that, that result pans out in not so long time at all. It's approaching very, very fast, August 4th. But nevertheless, we'll go on to the NPL round 17 fixtures, which is West Canberra Wanderers up against Monaro Panthers, Saturday, August 5th, 2pm at Melrose Synthetic. Tuggerong United will play O'Connor Knights, Saturday, August 5th, 5pm at Canberra 201. Gungahlin United will then play host to Canberra Olympic Sunday, August 6th, 3 p.m. at AIS Grassfield 2 before finally we round things off with a cracker. It's going to be Canberra, Croatia up against Tigers FC Tuesday, August 8th, 6.30 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. So a couple of big fixtures there for Canberra, Croatia in the Australian Cup and then to back it up four days later against Tigers at home. So some very, very big games on the horizon for Canberra, Croatia and
0: obviously for the MPL in general as well. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to MPLW segment of the show. And it is great to welcome back Jeremy McGahn. I'm sure he's still buzzing off that emph- uh, emphatic and very tense victory in the end for France over Brazil in the Women's World Cup to put them at the top of the table, if I'm not mistaken, after that draw that they got at the start of the campaign. Jeremy, how's it going today? Thanks for joining us again.
2: Yeah, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great, great win. And uh, they, they played they played really well. It's probably uh, one of the two best games of the competition, of course, as, as everyone has seen. Uh, But yeah, good to see that they have now their, their fate in their hand. They're basically through. Unless something really, really weird happens uh, against Panama and the other game between Micah and Brazil. So, uh, so good to see. Hopefully the uh, same fate uh, awaits uh, Matilda. I mean, I guess by the time the episode is up, we will know the fate of the Matilda.
0: That's it, and um, let's get into MPLW, a game that Jeremy and I did on the weekend. Belconi United 1-0 victory over Canberra Olympic. Another top four clash uh, this weekend as it was first v third heading into this one. Uh, Olympic off the back of beating Croatia and Belco off the back of their first competitive match in a few weeks and lost to Gangalan the week prior just to set the stage for this one. The first half ended goalless where both sides... Sort of, you know, cancel each other out in the end. Neither side would budge defensively. Uh, Belko probably had the better of, uh, sorry, had the best chance over the first half as Talia Backhouse's free kick struck the crossbar. The second half was similar, but Belco started the brighter of the two with a couple of chances early on. Uh, Olympic were just about to make a couple of subs and, uh, what ended up being a, a setup change as well. Um, as they're waiting at the halfway line, just before Belco struck their goal. Hattie Cram grabbed the ball, ran wide to the left, um, sort of edge of the box and cracked a nice dipping shot across goal and across Janet King into the back of the net, or maybe it was at the at the near post. I can't remember. Jeremy will uh, tell us there. Terrific goal here, though, nonetheless. Hattie Cram as she shocked Olympic and arguably created something out of nothing. I believe we said on commentary there. Um, and he ended up being the only goal of the match. The loss for Olympic means they dropped to tied second with Gungalan, but trailing Croatia by one point, but they still have that game in hand. Belko, on the other hand, a pivotal victory for them, as uh, they're only two points behind first place Croatia while currently in fourth, but they still also have those two matches in hand. So... Uh, of of those top four contenders. So it's safe to say that Belko do have the advantage at the moment over them. An extremely close race to the top four, as I mentioned there, Jeremy. What did you make of this one?
2: Yeah, it was a great game uh, that, that mm. we called on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think it was at the, at the near post that shot from uh, Tikram that I think eventually I probably didn't even call live because uh, we didn't realize what was going on in the box at, at that moment. Uh, but it was a good result for Belko, and it was a... It, it felt a little bit like a um, not a disappointing game that's harsh but like again that just took a while to get into pieces and it's probably credit to um, those two teams and the, the defensive work that they are doing every time either team was trying to build up something there's so much defensively in front of them that it was really hard to, to break to break lines and to um, to create something it, it would we said it during the commentary right it had to take either a defensive mistake or something special for a goal to happen. Uh, it was a bit of a weird, crappy moment when, when Carnegie cleared the ball and then, um, you know, Hindmarsh is kind of happy to send it back to uh, Hadi Kram. And then it kind of looked like Aitolu had her, like she had her the whole game until then. But, uh, but Hadi Kram, yeah, created something special there and, and was able to to give the game winner. Not a lot <clears throat> after that to, for Olympic to try and answer, even though they kind of threw the sink at it with uh, with trying to get every player the front. Um, they just weren't able to beat again a very strong Belconnen defense. And and yeah, like we said, the two best defense facing each other. What you expect is uh, is some solid defensive performance, and that's exactly what we had at the table. It's pretty it's pretty interesting. that after winning against one of the best teams, Belconnen is still fourth uh, on a top four. But as you said, two two, two points between those four teams and Belconnen United with those two games in hand, virtually are at the top right now. So. The fate is in their hands. I'm sure every team is happy to, to come to the end of the season with their fates in their hands. And that's Scott common in his troops right now. They just got Kira Bobin back. We saw um, Stephen Legends playing with uh, reserves as well. Sofia Paliwoda who played in the midfield and Madi Steinake who played in centre-back. It's like he was the regular starting 11 that played all season that was on. So it's a lot of strength. And we've said several times that the Gunners probably had the most depth I think Belconnen has a pretty good depth right now. That, that team, uh, that young team, and nevertheless, has is playing together for a while. So uh, a very, a very good game at McKellar and, uh, and it feels like if Belconen plays this way, and then you add the speed of Kira Bobin when she's back in form, um, they feel really hard to stop. Uh,
0: it certainly will be an interesting top four race there. And talking about that, the team that is. Uh... Currently top at the moment, uh, Canberra Croatia, Michael, uh, suffering a draw in the end, which could be crucial because they do not have a match in hand. So they'll have to wait and see how the other teams do as we uh, close in on that end of the season.
1: Yeah, that's right, Matt. Uh, Canberra Croatia and Canberra United Academy played out a 2-2 draw. So Palombi and Bernie on the score sheet for them. For CUA, it was Nash and Cochrane. So it was a great game, a fantastic effort, may I add, from the Canberra United Academy in this match. They played really, really well. Uh, But the first goal in this match was from Palombi to extend her lead at the top of the NPLW goalscorer's chart with a great finish at the end of the first period. But like I mentioned, it was a good performance from CUA, and that was really on display, particularly in the second half of this game. They came out and they played very, very well. And they equalized through Nash in the 71st minute after a scramble in the box where she then found the ball out of her feet and produced a pretty good finish. And then a few minutes later in the 73rd minute, they took the lead after a great team move was capped off with a fine finish from Cochran. This was a really, really well-worked goal from CUA. You can sort of see how talented those young players are, particularly when they put together periods of play like we saw with that goal as a great example. And in the next instance, uh, Croatia equalised with less than 10 minutes left through Bernie to end the match all square. So all in all, it was a very entertaining clash, but I think the big sort of takeaway here is how good Canberra United Academy were, particularly in that second half, to hold Canberra, Croatia to a draw. But obviously they were that far away from getting a victory themselves. Jeremy, what are your thoughts sort of on this match and their league sort of positions in general? Because I know that CUA remain in fifth uh, place. Uh, They're nine points off uh, Belconnen and so they're obviously not too far away but the, the matches are ticking down now before finals time and you've got like matt mentioned canberra croatia up there at the top of the table what were your thoughts on this
2: contest jeremy yeah it was it was a very interesting game to watch um is 11 points of uh of belconen so it's uh even harder but you're right in the sense of the way they play it kind of look like they should be closer. Uh, obviously they've they've missed opportunities down the line um, that that put them in a position that they are. You know they a the team has never deserved the moniker more than Way when we talk about the best of the rest. You know, they are definitely dominating that bottom four uh, and, and they are the one team that is able as we see. It, we can we can, to rival um, the best teams in the competition. They are still a young team learning. You know. Uh, obviously, but I, I think this weekend's game, uh, it it's, it definitely will feel like a wasted opportunity, I think, for camera pressure. Uh They had so many chances to open the score early on, uh, and they tried everything they could, and, and they weren't able to. And then when you score just before halftime, you might feel like you've done uh, the, the hardest, and that you just have to uh, try and, and secure that. Uh, but it's not to say that they were not put in danger. I mean, they're lucky that they have such a great keeper as Chloe Lincoln, who again had to do a few saves against the academy because as, as you said very rightly michael the academy plays well uh and if i think i was when i was watching the game i kind of tried to to see when it was the first time the academy actually crossed the half line with the in feet, and i think it took them 14 minutes uh bar, bar kickoff to try to finally bring the ball back into the camera correct side. but for 14 minutes they just defended admirably uh and and it's also part of their training to learn how to uh, how to sort of like stand under pressure and that's what they did and then when on the second half you can find a couple of lucky breaks and and make the team who maybe plays too comfortably pay uh, for their uh, for their lack of finishing or you might as well and if you can do it twice in two minutes uh, you know happy days for Matthew Moore and Avedugul and and their players really Czech Croatia at the end of the day is probably happy that they're able to get the equalizer finally uh, um, you know ten players. From there on, uh, for the academy and Czech and are not able to get the lead is probably something that is not going to sit well um, with Zoran Blavinich. You know, you're supposed to be the team like this, and then that team gets a red card, and you're still not able to get the win. Uh, it's uh, it's it feels like a missed opportunity for Czech Croatia. It also feels a little bit like, you know, maybe a wake-up call uh, for, for the reigning Premiers because if they want to get silverware between now and the end of the season, they're going to have to be a bit more. Um yeah, a bit bit more reckless in definition, a bit more lethal at front. Uh and when you have a player like with Nepalombi, we know that it's coming. Um, you just have to make sure that she hits home again uh, in, in the games that matters further down the line.
1: Absolutely. Matt, who is our next match for
0: MPLW? Our next match is a big win for and United, three one over ANUW. Tagrenong got off to a good start in this one as they opened the scoring 14 minutes into the first stanza. Rainy Niles dinked a nice ball into the box for Samantha Wood, who controlled it well and neatly turned her marker before placing it in the back of the net. Uh, 11 minutes later, it was Wood again. A free kick from the right side, which was struck as it dipped over the top of the keeper. Really nice goal. Here go check that one out from Wood for her brace of the match. Tuggies were determined to catapult themselves off the bottom of the ladder as they made it 3-0, 22 minutes into the second half. A corner from Tuggies and an attempted clearance from Eaglesman resulted in an own goal. Uh, just before stoppage time, ANU got a consolation goal, but what a consolation goal it was. Ailish, uh McDonough made a darting run and cracked a beauty of a shot from just outside the box into the top left corner, top bins, as they say. Tough loss for ANUW as they drop to seventh place, suffering their fourth consecutive loss as well after this one. A massive victory for Tuggies, though, as they leapfrog both Wanderers and ANUW from last to sixth place. Uh, They lead ANUW by one point and Wanderers by two. Uh, Jeremy, we've sort of mentioned in the past, uh, actually, I think we mentioned in midweek when we did the Tuggies match, that uh, they've had quite a few opportunities this season. Either they were leading and they ended up getting a draw, or leading and they got and they ended up losing in the end, or just they've missed a couple opportunities to get a victory to get themselves either closer to the um, closer to seventh or sixth, or to leapfrog them. They uh, made the most out of this opportunity though, and now they're sixth.
2: They did, and and I think it's it's deserved when you see the performance that they can put through. I mean, how good has been. Um, Sammy Wood for for them since she joined, like she feels like she scored every single game, uh, and obviously we've seen the uh, the extent of her talent this weekend. That that first goal, uh, the, the control, the turnaround, the shot. Like if a player can play like this, he can be the starting striker in any team in the WNPL. So she she deserves what comes to her because obviously she works hard and she works well uh, with the Tuggies. They, they like to play against the ANU, obviously they're gonna they, beat them. A couple of weeks ago in that game that wasn't a game that ended up being a game uh, that we talk every time uh, with each other now, Matt. Uh, but but it's uh, it's good that, you know, Paulo Romero has seen his team able to beat an ANU team that at the beginning was seen a little bit like a dark horse. that getting some very good results. Uh, that is a team that knows how to play together and that plays really well. It's definitely not an easy team to beat. So I think it's very encouraging for the on what we're seeing. Uh, in that talent of the season I think you know there's no mistake in saying that the talent of Renarz was great and Herman and Sarah Matthews uh were, you know maybe uh, unrefined diamonds but they're solid and you get Zoe Terry. but when you add a player like Sammy Wood uh, it's almost like the piece that was missing to make sure everything connects properly uh, so so it's great that they, they're finding good results you know it's it's basically the race to avoid the, the wooden spoon right and and like you said leave probably in two spots uh, at this end of the season is is pretty important. Um, for A N U, it's it's somewhat disappointing just because we know what they're capable of. We've seen them uh, playing so well against the best team, but maybe they have a tendency of uh, sort of like leveling to whoever they face, and uh, and maybe they maybe they forget that probably they had to bounce back from that last two weeks ago from Tegalong against Tegalong and, and bring a bit more to to the game. You know, I'm sure it's uh, it's still a precedent for them, so I'm sure they're just learning seeing what they have to do to be able to get more consistent results. Um, in the meantime, well done to Tuggeron, well done to Colombo and just get because it's, uh, it's a win that I'm sure is going to do a, a world of good a few games between now and the season. Yeah, indeed.
0: Well done to Tuggeron. Well-deserved victory there. Uh, Michael, what is our last match of the round? Uh, a big win for Gungalon as they um, keep pace with that top four.
1: That's right, Matt. Huge win for Gungalon 2-0 over West Canberra Wanderers. Brown with an own goal and Oliver with a goal in the second half. So, like I said, it was a big win for Gungahlin in this one against a resilient West Canberra outfit, I must say. You know, it was a nightmare start for the visiting outfit, though, as they conceded a known goal in the opening minute of play. So, right off the bat, it's not the sort of start that you want in a game of football. But since that moment, though, you know, West Canberra were a lot more solid throughout the game. You know, Gunners were unlucky, unlucky not to score more than the two goals that they managed to produce in the game as they struck the the woodwork a few times during the course of the match. Uh, but it was Oliver who capped off the win in the 60th minute with a nice goal. So yeah, a very good result for Gungahlin United in this match, especially in the context of their top four status. And, you know, as for West Canberra Wanderers, you know, it's been more of a struggle season for them compared to what they produced, obviously, last season. But nevertheless, it was a solid effort from them against a Gungahlin United team that has, for the majority of the season, played pretty well. So, Jeremy, what were your thoughts on this match? Uh Like I said, it was an important win for... Gangarlen, and despite it being a tough loss for West Canberra, yet again they managed to make a good account of themselves.
2: Yeah, they're playing better and better West Canberra, but you're not going to have a you're not going to have an upset like you had against Olympic every single weekend. Fortunately, uh, for them, you know, Gangarlen had a job to do. It was to, uh, to confirm that great success against Belgrano last week uh, by by beating two teams that were supposedly. Um, you know, lesser than them this week between Turbinang and West Cambridge They did just that. And that's very important, I think, for Andrew Woodman and for his team to know that they can do that. Um, you know, they have played more games than Olympic and uh, and Belconnen. So technically, they could be fourth on the table once all those games are played. Uh, but they're still there and they're still uh, very close to to be able to fight for the uh, top places. And they are going to, uh, you know, it looks like, I was looking at the screen a little bit, it looks like they almost have the easy, uh, easier schedule out of everybody else. They're only playing, I think, two more of the big teams until the end of the season, and and could play in their advantage. Um, but but it's it, they just have to keep doing what they're doing. And when you can win, you know, when you can score, excuse me, uh, as early as 20 seconds in the first goal, uh, and, and then when you can come from that quickly as well, uh, obviously that that helps a lot. I think this Guntherin team plays really well together, and I also think they know how to manage. Their advantage when they're up there and they can protect their defense as've seen this week. Um, and it doesn't change much. so so it's good uh, for for Andrew woodman. Uh, it it is a little bit cruel, you know for West Canberra when you know how well they can play and when uh, the the talent um, in this play has finally started to bloom. you know I'm thinking about Alice Jensen just always so hard uh, for for them, but when you concede so early, uh, and you know when we when's somebody who's brought you so much experience since the month of June, Ellen Brown, who unfortunately scores an own goal. Uh, yeah, it's it's almost unfair, but but unfortunately sometimes it is it is what it is, and it is a, a learning curve for uh, for those teams. Uh, you know, for for us the neutrals, it just gives us an amazing top four to follow and and a pretty solid battle as well to avoid finishing last. So we we'll take it. Uh, I think you know, like we said uh, twice now this week, Matt on I think every single team is actually getting better uh, this season, and even though they're such a a large gap the table between the, the top four five and the bottom three um i think we've seen some very very strong outfits all season so we can just keep going like this for the for the next five games we'll be uh we'll be very happy to uh keep following those two teams you know they play well they are at each other end of the of the table but i'm sure we'll see more of a nice game now and yet.
1: But do you want to get into our MPLW round 17 fixtures before we finish off our MPLW segment?
0: Yeah, and we kick off the round in round 17 with a massive matchup at McKellar Park Belcon United versus Canberra Croatia, Saturday, August 5th, 3 p.m. Like I said, at McKellar Park. Then we have Canberra Olympic against Tuggeron United, Sunday, August 6th. 2.30pm at O'Connor enclosed. Then we have ANUW against Gengarland United, Sunday, August 6th, 3pm at ANU South Oval. And then last up, Canberra United Academy against West Canberra Wanderers, Sunday, August 6th, 3pm at the Hawker Football Centre. All right. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us. As always, any last words before you head off?
2: Thanks for having me. No, maybe a quick shout out to uh, Nicole Zaloka, who was on comes with uh, Russ Gibbs for uh, Canberra Connected Academy. It's always great to have uh, new voices on commentary and, and even better when it's players that have a skin in the game. And Nicole Zolokai is one that leaves a lot of people. so it was great to see her also commenting on the game. So thanks thanks for having me again.
0: As always, thanks, Jeremy, and uh, best of luck to France and best of luck to Matilda's tonight, more importantly. Yeah, like one hour to pick up.
1: Matt. We'll move on to our CPL uh, segment. Uh, Do you want to kick things off with the first match, which was an astonishing uh, result for the home team?
0: Yeah, Queanbeyan stepping up big in this one after their draw last week. I believe it was a draw last week. So they needed a win here, and they got one if they're to keep their promotion hopes alive. 3-2 3-2 victory over Ugali at High Street at home. Queenbian took the momentum heading into halftime as the, as the Argentine Nico Abbott opened the scoring in the 44th minute. Abbott struck again at a crucial time in the 66th sixth minute pardon me, of the contest to make it 2-0. And then Abbott struck once again to seemingly win the contest for Queenbian. Uh, making the lead 3-0 in the 79th minute. The Argentine has been in really good form. This hat-trick means he has now scored 13 goals for the CPL campaign, putting him in tied second place on the top of the goal scoring, uh, 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 in second place on the goal scoring charts. Uh, Ugali, though, despite being 3-0 down, weren't going to head back to Griffith without a fight and proceeded to score two goals in five minutes, giving... Queanbeyan a bit of a nervy ending there. The goals came courtesy of Joe Priest and then CPL top goal scorer Darren Bailey scored from the penalty spot. The score ended 3-2 though in Queanbeyan's favour. This loss means that Ugalia now four points above Queanbeyan with the latter having a match in hand on the league leaders. Massive win from Queanbeyan, well-deserved considering the Three 0 lead that they did have and did well to close that out when it's when Ugali scored two quick goals in five minutes. Moment as we all know, momentum can sway quickly in football. In that regard, so did well to see that one out. And as we mentioned before, it this win now makes Queenians' upcoming matches even more important, especially that match in hand. Um, We're not sure when that one's going to be, but it will be against Wagga, probably some midweek fixture they'll have to sort out there. So we said last week that it was sort of safe to say that it would have been tough to catch Ugali if they won this matchup. Uh, So now there's certainly hope from a Queanbeyan point of view uh, that they can keep pushing forward. Uh, but, they will, yeah, they'll need to be in really good form at the end of the season. As we know, Ugali don't drop points often, and they definitely don't drop points off at uh, often at home. Uh, they haven't dro- dropped a single point at home, as we've mentioned so far this season. So I think we're in for a really, really inter- interesting end to the season. So there's a lot to look forward to there. And, Michael, uh, not only is the top-of-the-table race really interesting to look forward to, also that top-four race as Conan have uh, cemented themselves back into the top four with a emphatic victory on the weekend.
1: Yeah, 4-0, Matt, away from home against Canberra Juventus. So, Bogard, Wells, Kemp and Dickinson on the score sheet for the away team. Belconnen opened the scoring through Burgard in the 29th minute into the contest at Ainsley, which is also the first goal of the campaign for him. So, a bit of a personal... Accomplishment there for him. Belconen uh started the second half very strongly as they scored two goals in the opening 14 minutes, courtesy of veteran midfielder Dustin Wells and Abraham Kemp getting on the score sheet as well. Both of them scoring in the 54th and 59th minutes, respectively. Belconen rounded off an emphatic attacking performance away from home with a goal inside. Sorry, two minutes from stoppage time from Bailey Dickinson. So A great performance from Belconnen United away from home, Matt. This is the sort of performance that they would have been hoping for coming into this match, albeit against a Canberra Juventus side that obviously aren't high up on the table, but they're a very tough opposition uh, to play against, nevertheless. But for Canberra Juventus, it's a tough loss for them against a determined Belconnen United side. But despite the loss, they still remain seventh, one point ahead of White Eagles. However, they fall nine points behind Yulgali in sixth. So an impressive display from Belconnen launches them not only into the top four, Matt, but tied third with Wagga. Wagga do have the edge on goal difference and have a match in hand. So this is also Belconnen's second win on the trot. So they've actually managed now to, you know, get back-to-back wins and get a little bit of momentum going this season because it's something that they've struggled for all season since they got relegated and the new season of the CPL competition started because there was all the conversation about, well, are they going to come back up straight away, similar to what Taganong did last season? But obviously this season has proved to be very tough for them. So for them to get back-to-back wins is a huge momentum boost for them. And like we said, it puts them inside the top four. Matt, do you want to get into our next contest? A lot on the line for the home team in this match, when you consider their position on the table and what's at stake, potentially for them, for all the wrong reasons come the end of the season. And unfortunately for them, it was a result that didn't go their way, but, a good
0: result for the visitors, nevertheless. Yeah, really good result for the Brindies here. 2-0. It keeps their, them in pace with the top four, as I'll mention, in a little bit. Uh, Brindies open the scoring 31 minutes into this contest. as a high ball um, from a free kick looped into the box. So, Ohio Osiki attempted to clear it with the header. However, it ended up dipping into the back of the net for an own goal. And a little side note, own goals in general in the CPL competition have made uh, their presence uh, this season as there have been nine own goals in total for the competition. Curtis Curtis Schaefer gave his side a two-goal lead just before halftime as he received the ball out wide uh, on the left um, from a dinked-over ball over the top of the defence and he made a darting run inside the box, cut inside and nicely placed it past the keeper at the far post. This was uh, Schaefer's eighth goal of the CPL campaign. The second half ended goalless at Woden Park, with Brindies going out 2-0 winners. Uh, another tough loss for White Eagles, as you mentioned before, Michael, who still remain on the bottom of the table, only by one point behind Juventus. Uh, but in terms of general form for White Eagles, they have not won a game in four games now. Big win for the Brindies, as they keep pace with the top four. They only trail uh, said top four by two points, and they trail ANU, who are in fifth place, by one point. So that top four race, as I mentioned, at the top of the CPL segment, uh, is really, really getting interesting now, as it did at the end of last season. So uh, we look forward to an interesting end to the CPL in the top four in really all the races, as we head into the final stages of the season. Talking about that top four race, Michael, we saw what was third v. fourth heading into this encounter, and now it's tied third v. fifth. Uh, what was the result of this one?
1: Yeah, so a draw 1-1 one, one between ANU and Wagga City Wanderers. Sakari on the so- score sheet for ANU and for the Wagga City Wanderers, it was Godzilla. So Wagga we'll go were the f- first to get themselves onto the score sheet in this encounter as Morris Kodzola struck the back of the net for the away side to give themselves the lead. This is his 13th goal of the CPL campaign match. So he's having a fantastic season, and he remains second on the goal scoring charts, three behind goal scoring leader. Darren Bailey. However, Anu struck their equalizer in the 75th minute via uh, Sachin Sikari to make it 1-1. This is his first goal of the CPL campaign. Uh, this goal would secure Anu a draw as this game ended one-one. You know, the result for both these teams, Matt, first for Wagger, it means they remain in third but full five points behind Queenbean. But still, with the game in hand, it also means that Belconnen are now tied with them in third place. However, Wagga do have the edge on goal difference. And for ANU, failing to secure the win means they now drop out of the top four. So, big news there for all the wrong reasons for ANU, trailing Belconnen by one point. They also only lead Brindies now by one point, right behind them in sixth. So... If ANU don't manage to turn things around, it could get a little bit ugly for them, most definitely. Matt, do you want to get into the round 17 fixtures, please?
0: Yeah, so first up, we've got the Battle of the Black and White Stripes, Cambria Ventus against Wagga City Wanderers, Saturday, August 5th, 2.15pm at Gissing Oval in Wagga. Then we have Queanbeyan City against ANU, Saturday, August 5th, 3pm at High Street can- then we have Canberra White Eagles against Ugali. Saturday, August 5th, 3 p.m. at Woden Park enclosed. And then Brindabella Blues against Belcon United. Saturday, August 5th, 3 p.m. at Ipen Park in Corwell. So as mentioned, some very, very big matches there for the CPL as we are heading into uh, the end of the season. And we've got three really close, interesting races in the whole of the table. That's our, that's it for us, Michael. A lot of football to look forward to, obviously, including the Women's World Cup and then, obviously, the uh, Australia Cup round of 32 match for Croatia. Plenty to look forward to there. Any last words before we sign off?
1: No, I mean, we've touched on all the big sort of topics, Matt. Obviously, wishing the Matildas good luck. As we record this, obviously the game hasn't been played yet, but... But it should... will by the
0: time this goes out. Yes. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So I, I guess we'll wait and see how we uh, how everyone will react on uh, Tuesday, uh, most definitely, in terms of what the result will be. But nevertheless, good luck to the Matildas. Like I sort of mentioned at the top of the show, Matt, there's a lot to play for could prove to be a very big night in women's Australian football history. So I think it's important that the whole country obviously gets behind them. They want to see them do well and go far in this World Cup.
0: Yeah, of course, uh they need, if they win, they need a win essentially to get through. Ma- they can maybe make it through on a draw, but there's things that need to go their way in that regard. So, go,
1: You'd rather just get the win.
0: Yeah, that's it, right. And Canada need a win as well. So it's going to be, important for everyone really uh, in that regard. So there's a lot to play for. I'm sure it's going to be super tense and I'm sure the entire country will get behind them. And as this comes out, everyone will know what has happened. So let's hope it's a win for the Matildas in that regard and not a group stage exit. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. As we mentioned, there's so much to look forward to in terms of Canberra football and uh, Australia cup and the world cup all happening in this country, of course. So, As always, everybody, enjoy the weekend and most importantly, enjoy the football.